Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. Specifically this new section that will be a continuation of what I've recently been doing and also what Ian and Chris have uh, dabbled in doing as well. Uh, That being covering recent films. Uh, And though I won't be ruling out still doing like tie-in episodes to new releases, there will be largely a focus on uh, current film reviews. The name of the show, pretty obvious, new releases, that's what it's called. I'm on my own, but in the future, I'll definitely bring on guests to like talk about the film, and uh, we'll definitely go into spoilers, but uh, I won't be doing that in this case. Today, I'll cover somewhat of a new release, as whilst this film hasn't just come out in cinemas, it did come out this year, and it has recently come to uh, digital streaming as well. Uh, so that's going to be Michael Bay's mission to destroy as many vehicles as he can, Ambulance. Uh, the basic plot setup is that it's about like two brothers in LA who decide uh, for like the reason relating specifically to Will, uh, the brother who was like a former like soldier, is that like he needs a whole bunch of money to pay for his wife's like medical bills. That's basically it. And uh, his brother Danny is this like you know like uh, is is a criminal with like a long history of doing a lot of crimes, so he's really experienced at this stuff. So. He basically decides to do what he usually does and rob a bank and this time bring his brother along to give him a cut of the money. Uh, But then what basically happens is that the heist goes totally wrong and they end up in an ambulance uh, with a medic named uh, Cam and an injured dying cop, basically. And they're on this like totally big, basically like Grand Theft Auto five-star level chase all throughout LA and they're basically trying to keep this cop alive and also survive as well and somehow escape the situation. <clears throat> so uh, I have to admit, judging from the trailers, I really was not interested in this movie like one bit. Uh, I felt like Michael Bay was just 
being totally uninspired, taking a really simplistic, uh, you know, like action movie premise and just kind of showing that he doesn't really have much in the way of range or a desire to do anything other than just be thoroughly cliched and loud and bloated and action heavy and stuff like that. Uh, you know, plus I didn't really care for Six Underground, his prior film, because I just felt like he was basically just, you know, starting to give up and not really care that much and just sort of be like, okay, whatever, I just I I, I just want to show action, you know, and that's it. But, you know, I did actually become a bit more interested when I saw the reviews that were surprisingly decent. Uh, they weren't amazing, but it was the first Bay film since maybe maybe forever probably since The Rock, where critics all around thought it was decent, you know. Um, There weren't a lot of negative reviews that I saw. There weren't a lot of glowing reviews, but there weren't that many, like, really negative, really, really, like, uh, you know, trashing reviews or anything like that. And, you know, it's like he reached that moment in his career that few directors really reach, where they go from being targets of ridicule to being respected in their own way. Uh, So, again because it was coming on digital uh i did decide to actually sit down and watch it and you know whilst i wouldn't call it his best film overall i would say it's his best since pain and gain uh i even think that it is to to bring up the rock i do think that it is slightly better than the rock you know which isn't a bad film at all but i do feel like that film is quite like uh tonally inconsistent and story-wise very inconsistent uh, and this film, thankfully, doesn't it, it doesn't quite fall into that same central flaw. This film is pretty consistent all throughout. And in some ways, although it is very much a Michael Bay film, you know, to the point to where he even just straight up references his own movies, which he has done in the past, so it's not really a new thing for him. But he does just, a couple of characters straight up bring up the rock and bad boys which makes it kind of clear that he is trying to in some ways recapture the magic of his like 90s movies uh but and honestly in some ways he actually does slightly succeed uh because what works about this film is that in comparison to a lot of his later ones where maybe he got a bit too like ambitious for his own good uh, this time he actually he scales it back and he focuses on kind of his like signature like you could call them weaknesses but i would say that they can be strengths if done correctly you know his strengths as a director rather than his weaknesses uh because one thing he is quite good at is he's good at creating large chaotic intense action sequences and ambulance is basically that sequence for like two hours you know uh and that does sound like kind of exhausting on paper but um it actually isn't as repetitive and numbing as it sounds i think what helps is that there is about 40 minutes of build up to the central situation so it's more like a 70 minute version of one of those sequences and when it does finally start there is enough like uh cutting to like away from the ambulance to like you know the police trying to stop this situation and even to like different people who become involved and enough, like, just generally snappy dialogue, uh, specific situations that take place to not make the, like, somewhat contained setting of the ambulance and also the simple, like, scenario of, like, a bunch of cars chasing ambulance feel, like, redundant and boring and repetitive, you know. Uh, there are even two sequences that are dedicated to saving the life of the cop who's dying. 
Uh, there's one in particular that is like both like tense and also very, very like funny and just like how complicated it is because it's basically a surgery scene that involves like uh, the medic uh, having to like save the life of this of the cop who's basically like dying. You know, she has to like remove gunshot wounds like from his. She has to remove bullets from his spleen, and like you know, it gets so crazy because they have to like she doesn't really know how to do it, so she has to call a friend of hers and then he has to call somebody else you know like so it's this like freeway like phone call where they're all chatting on how to do it and it is a really like tense scenario because obviously the ambulance is driving really quickly and you know and she has to like avoid killing this cop accidentally you know so while she's like playing around with his organs and doing surgery on him and stuff like that you know so it actually it kind of works in its own way um and in terms of like bay's direction uh I have to say, like, for a $40 million movie, it actually, and this could partially be because of, like, a lot of his, his signature tactics, it, does, it doesn't it does look like it cost $40 million. It looks like it cost a lot more than it did. Uh, and generally speaking, I would say that it is quite a bit more wild and creative than a lot of blockbuster movies that I see that do cost more, but are a lot less, like, you know, stylistic and a lot more, like, boring in their direction. Um Again, there are all the obvious like tricks that you are kind of familiar with if you've seen any of his films. If you've seen any of his movies, you know that he likes doing Dutch angles, uh, moving in on people as they're standing, sometimes just Dutch close-ups, you know. Uh, there's slow motion, obviously. Again, if you've seen any of his movies, you know that he likes slow-mo. And there's always like the shots of like the sun rising uh or just the sun blaring you know that always makes every day in one of his films feel like it's like just the sun you know it's just it, it, it just always looks so hot in his films and uh these choices not to mention the quick editing and the kinetic camera movement all feel at home in a film with this kind of intense real-time crime action thriller uh setup you know like it all it, it feels appropriate because again it puts you in the stressful intense uh situation that the main characters are in and also like the chaotic the chaoticness of like what they're causing because they are basically causing loads of chaos um but one like unique tactic that you see in this film that you haven't seen in any of his other movies is his use of drone photography where he basically attaches cameras to drones and just gets them to like uh fly and move around like uh, the sky and capture the action from above or even like have it be directly put in into the action you know whether it's a character that's running or maybe it's when the vehicle's driving and uh, honestly it feels like it perfectly fits the style surprisingly he hasn't done it beforehand and also it it kind of works because it adds adds again this sort of kinetic feel uh but it's and it's the kind of kinetic feel that's genuinely fun to watch and is also a bit more stylistically interesting to watch as well uh, you know, some of it might be a little bit like, you know, too much for maybe people who suffer motion sickness easily. I mean, there are a couple of shots that are a little bit too much, like some of the swirling, rotating shots. Uh, but otherwise, it, it, it surprisingly does work. Um, and uh, his direction overall, uh, it just feels unrestrained, but in a good way. Like, it feels like he's being allowed to let loose in a way that he couldn't with a lot of his other films. Because a lot of his other films, like, you know, the, it is like, you know, almost ADHD-like style. feels kind of weirdly at odds with the scripts that he picks. But in this case, he picked a script where that style does 
fit, you know, and does actually, in some ways, it kind of, it raises the quality of the script rather than, like, diminishes it, you know. Like, he doesn't have to deal with, like, you know, the really convoluted, messy scripts of, like, the Transformers sequels, uh, or even, like, the script for for Six Underground, which was both really, really simplistic, but also like really really insanely convoluted at the same time this is actually you know a fairly decent pairing uh and while space films have never really been great at the like human element element you know of the characters uh they're actually not too bad here uh i mean will sharp is uh, will will sharp is the uh, noble criminal archetype you know he's the he's the like guy who's committing a crime but he's doing it for the person that he loves and you know the entire time during the situation he doesn't want to like harm innocent people or do anything like that and even though he is responsible for like shooting the cop in the first place that does injure him and does force them to like you know uh you know like perform surgery on him and stuff you know he's always like apologetic and stuff like that and you know he's just yeah he 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 kind of fits that archetype and it is a very very familiar one it's one that i've seen in like you know plenty of these like crime movies and stuff like that um he does he comes off as one note as a result you know uh but his brother danny uh is surprisingly a really genuinely fun character um he doesn't really fit into one particular archetype he's more like a cross between like an anti-hero and anti-villain because on the one hand he does have like some good qualities and he's not necessarily he's not necessarily out to commit evil actions like he does obviously want to help his brother and he does care about his brother but i mean he's not really sympathetic or in any way really a good guy you know he's kind of he sort of moves between hero and villain quite a lot uh not quite fitting each of them but as a result of the fact that he's so kind of all over the place uh he's actually really really entertaining because you know he just he has this like extreme attitude to every situation you know and there's humor with his character but there's also genuinely a very threatening sense to his character there's the idea that he could just kill you if he felt like it but there's also you know this kind of fun manic energy to him that i think does make for a character that feels really at home in this kind of film and also just works in general uh you know and they took towards the end of the film as well they kind of uh they both slightly redeem him they they give him a sort of a redemptive moment and they also basically cement him as not a good guy by having him like just kind of lose it completely like even more than he did beforehand and try and do something really bad and you know it does actually work a little bit better than you'd expect as well kind of it feels a little bit more natural you know it kind of just like like you might think that that might not work but it actually kind of does work uh and also cam the actual medic herself is actually like one of the better female characters that i've seen in one of base films uh mainly because she actually gets something resembling like an actual character arc you know, she starts out as, like, pretty good at her job, but otherwise not that friendly, a little bit selfish, uh, kind of just a professional and that's it. But then as the situation escalates, when she gets involved, she does become way more, like, personally, you know, invested in the matter and comes to even, like, care about, you know, uh, Will, technically, you know, one of the people who is, like, taking a hostage and stuff like that. You know, like, obviously, Will is the lesser of the two bad guys, but he's still, you know it just shows you and um you know how she's like changed and stuff like that 
and uh you know it, it she actually gets like a proper conclusion to her character and it's quite it, it's it's actually quite a cool thing to see because it is the thing that ends the film and she is basically the only one who does get like a proper full-on character arc whilst a lot of the other characters do remain fairly consistent all throughout um you know it is actually quite nice because you know it's like i feel like it's michael bay like probably listening to people who in the past said that he just used to objectify women and that was it you know so you know like he yeah he doesn't objectify her like at all and she is actually given uh, a decent amount of agency as being you know essentially like the closest thing the film has to a proper good guy in fact yeah 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 i call her a good guy definitely but yeah 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 she actually she absolutely is she is she is kind of the protagonist as well and that was and that was very nice of uh beta like properly do that um as for the acting uh like some people might scoff at the idea of jake gyllenhaal hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST in you know sort of a bit of a cheesy like action movie like this uh he actually really fits the role like he feels perfectly cast i couldn't see anybody else playing this role and he brings it to life better than anyone else could have done he actually nails that kind of like oscillating between like funny and charismatic but also like really intense and really just like threatening uh you know he convincingly sells the role and you know he also doesn't like overplay it either like he does he plays it up but it never just feels like he's a cartoon character or anything like that he feels he he feels somewhat believable as well you know like they do give him a little bit of a complicated backstory but aside from that you know like he he feels like the kind of guy who could legitimately exist um you know which is a weird thing to say but you know you, you look at him and you do think based on the way that jake is playing him like okay this guy isn't I mean, he's, he is a movie character, but he's not hes not too far off of a guy that could exist. Uh, you know, elsewhere, uh, yeah, yeah, Abdul-Manteen II, as the Will character, is, like, he, he's, I, I would say he's pretty good, and he, he actually does make his character a bit more likable, uh, because he does have a lot of, like, charisma as an actor. But again, he is a little bit one-note. He does have some very good moments of acting, all throughout. But, you know, again, the character himself is a bit one note, so he, he, he can't quite have as much fun with the role as Gyllenhaal does, uh, as Gyllenhaal can. Uh, Isa Gonzalez is also, like, as Cam, uh, I'd say also does a good job as well. I've, been, I, I've seen her a little bit as an actor, and she's kind of, she's been on the rise a little bit, and she's been impressing me more and more as, like, actually being able to, like, act fairly well. Like, she does, she does like, sell her character as being 
like again a bit selfish but fairly sympathetic and a fairly decent person at her core um in fact what's kind of funny is that like as far as movies that involve a lot of vehicle chases and shooting and criminals and criminals that go off the deep end a little bit uh you know this film although it's not better than baby driver baby driver is a better movie than this as far as films like that that have her in it this film actually makes better usage of her than baby driver did which is a weird thing to say you know like michael bay did succeed where edgar wright didn't succeed as much which is a rare sentence but you know i feel like you know she's given more to do in this film and she actually gets to show off more like range you know as like as an actress and stuff like that yeah yeah i think she did well uh elsewhere the like out of the supporting cast the one who stands out the most is uh garrett dillard as the um kind of quirky uh police chief who you know on the one hand it is a bit silly to think that this guy could genuinely be a police chief because of just how he's dressed and you know the fact that at one point he kind of stops a high-speed police chase because one of his dogs is in danger but he is still genuinely like quite likable and really like he kind of like it, like i I've, I've always sold his role very well i thought he was very like charismatic and kind of funny as well uh you know to move on to the tone i do think that michael bay he, he does better here in regard to the tone because i think it, it, this movie isn't nearly as juvenile or mean-spirited as his other films uh you know there is still like some slightly juvenile humor but it's not like it's not big like there's a whole bit where like uh danny is like you know sidetracked by having to like you know like have this conversation with one of his like you know cohorts about like you know moving stuff into one of his houses and like he goes on a rant about flamingos and stuff so it's a little bit silly but it's not it's not too juvenile and you know in regards to again it being mean spirited like although there is violence there isn't a high amount of death and destruction you know like and whatever death and destruction does occur feels not only a little bit more grounded but also uh the deaths themselves are actually treated with a bit more consequence and gravity you know the whole fact that they have to keep a cop alive again it's all about you know like don't let this individual die even though he is technically a hostage although it's partially because he is a hostage you know like it's not like like any time a character dies it feels like like okay it's important you know and there's a there's a proper reason for it to be happening it doesn't just come off like people are just dying for the sake of it you know um you know there's not like any uh crass stereotypes either like you know it's surprising like he actually uh one of the major characters the fbi agent who gets involved who's like a past like associate of Danny's is that is like gay and you know he's he is shown to be gay and you know he's surprisingly treated with like a lot of respect you know he's not like he's not like a lispy stereotype uh you know they, they, there's no like no, like characters don't make fun of him or anything like that no he's just treated as just a regular guy you know and that was and that was like again fairly good for Bay that he didn't resort to any like cheap like humor with that character at all or portray them you know badly or anything like that that's pretty good uh you know and yeah there are some like characters that are do deliver some comedic lines but for the most part it actually feels fairly feels somewhat natural you know it feel i think it feels as close to natural as it could uh you know like there are some obvious comedic lines but you know but they they, they just come and go you know it's not like there's no really heavily, heavily pushed upon forced comedy or anything or 
forced comic relief like sometimes in his prior films there could be uh you know and uh finally uh there is a little bit of patriotism uh you know which is something that michael bay has been kind of made fun of how much he just loves america uh there's a bit of it but not a heavy amount like they do the sort of the slightly cliched like uh oh like you know this character is a veteran that wasn't treated the best when he like came back and stuff so he resorts to crime uh they sort of play that card with like with the will character but like they don't force it or anything or that and they don't really bring it up that much it's only brought up every now and then you know and um and him being a former soldier actually comes into play during like the beginning of the third act where they're trying to work out a reason a, a way a method of how to basically just uh evade detection from like all the cars that are following them and stuff like that um so yeah it never it it doesn't feel like as overly patriotic you know and i mean the, the only thing that there is is obviously there is the fact that they are trying to keep a keep a cop alive you know a fairly a rookie cop that is like seen in a good light by a lot of the other characters uh, especially like his fellow police comrades uh but you know never it, it doesn't necessarily outright become like a uh, blue lives master or anything like that it just sort of it it's just sort of like okay all right again in this situation obviously they would you know care about you know a cop that is trapped in this situation like obviously no like they 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 like the police force the lapd absolutely would you know there's no like you know there's no attempt by the film to like you know sell the lapd as this like amazing place that you should join no they just do what you know they do in this situation which is just you know like chase after these criminals i guess and just just sort of arrest them you know um yeah and uh yeah so overall i mean like bay i mean he's not all around reinventing his wheel um he's still working in a bit of an easy framework and you know there are still some of his tropes present but they're not like as you know they're not as annoying as they used to be you know there there it feels like he has genuinely slightly grown as a filmmaker you know in a lot of ways and that and that is like genuinely good of him and they and that overall does improves the experience massively you know you can actually enjoy this movie because those things aren't like getting in the way um but the film does have some flaws you know i'll definitely point that out like it does it, it does have problems uh first of all there are a decent amount of cliches in the film um and some of the dialogue can be very very cliched like it's the year of our lords 2022 and there is a line where a character basically just says completely unironically oh i didn't sign up for this i didn't sign up for this man like really like we're like we're, we're, we're still having that line in movies when you know like it, it's like we know like we like we know what you're trying to get across with that line it's really really transparent and feels really really forced so i didn't really like that um the first 10 minutes of the film do you feel a little bit uh overwrought um you know the, it, it doesn't really it doesn't start off on like a fun false note it's actually quite like dramatic and heavy you know and emphasizing uh you know the whole character's situation uh and also you get these slightly sentimental like flashbacks to him and danny uh you know and you get this like so like somewhat well executed but still again slightly too heavy scene of like cam uh, saving this little girl who's been like impaled in a car accident you know it's pretty it it, it, it is a bit messed up and it's a little bit like 
it, it's maybe a bit too serious of a note for this film to start on. But, you know, as it goes on, I think the tone becomes a little bit more balanced. And, you know, when they do try and throw in some more serious moments, it feels a bit more earned. Uh, I do think as good as the acting is, surprisingly, uh, there are sections of the film where they do feel like a couple of the characters and the actors do feel like they start to disappear into the background. Um I'm mainly thinking of uh, Yaya and uh, Isa. Like, uh, there are sections of the film where they feel like they're not really in the film as much. And I think that's partially because, like, they're being overshadowed either by some of the supporting cast or they j- just by Gyllenhaal because he, he basically, like, is so big, you know. So, as a result, like, there are instances where maybe they feel like they're not really in it as well, which is, you know. It, it was a bit of a weird touch. It would have been cooler if they were a bit more like consistently in the film. Uh, you know, I do, I did enjoy Bay's direction, but there are some scenes where it is a little bit too fast cut and a bit too kinetic. You know, there are some instances where maybe the cutting's a bit too quick and it is slightly hard to tell what is going on. Um, but you know, again, these are just like some isolated moments. Largely speaking, I could tell what was going on. Largely speaking, it wasn't too much. Uh, you know. And finally, as well, like, uh, I do personally think this film, it's not as overlong as I expected because it is 136 minutes. And, you know, on paper, for a film with a fairly simple plot, that does sound like it would be a total death knell. And thankfully, it's not. Um, But I do think that the first act was too long. Uh, There is a bit too much time spent getting us to like the main situation i do personally think that you could have conveyed all the necessary information in 20 minutes as opposed to 40 minutes um it is more the heist itself that i think goes on too long because you know i think that the um like they they do get to the actual heist itself fairly quickly only in like 12 or 13 minutes but again i do think generally all of that stuff could have been condensed you know um i do think the film starts to lose a bit of steam steam as it continues and it picks itself up once they do something that kind of changes the central like uh situation like like but like basically in some ways like once they without giving anything away once they get out of the ambulance at one point i do think that it does you know it starts to like pick itself up a bit more but it does start start to slightly lose steam um you know i don't know how my experience was compared to you know people who were watching it in the cinema but you know um i did, I did need to pause it on, on one occasion because i was getting a little bit antsy but you know thankfully it because it does as i said pick itself up uh yeah also on like one final note as well one thing that is a little bit weird is that the opening logos are, disp- are displayed twice and uh i noticed this when i was uh doing screen checks because i work at a cinema I noticed this when I was doing like screen checks of this film. I did notice that. So that's not something that's just specific to my uh, Amazon copy of the film. You know, I bought it and yeah, for some reason it just, it showed the opening logos twice. So that was just something that the film did. And I'm really not sure why they did that. You know, I just think it's a little bit redundant, you know, showing the opening logos twice, but whatever. I mean, that is a, it's, it's a nitpick. It's just a bit weird. Uh, but on the whole, yeah, I did surprisingly have a decent time with uh, Ambulance. You know, I do think that um, it's unfortunate that it didn't do that well in cinemas because I think that had it done well, we would definitely have um, more encouraged Bay to, like, continue doing stuff like this. But I do hope he more sticks to this as opposed to, like, a lot of his other films because I feel like this is, like, probably 
like much more in his comfort zone but in a good way um you know i do think that like if he sticks to doing more films like this then that'll be good like good for his career i feel like he'll be he might be able to ride some of the goodwill that he did get from this film you know and i do think that he does um uh succeeded making this like probably again his best since uh pain and gain uh yeah overall i i, I would recommend it i mean it's not like uh, if i'd have seen it in cinemas i don't know how highly i would have recommended it recommended it but um you know if you're watching it at home then i think you'll enjoy yourself you know whether you want to treat it as like something to take seriously or just as a simple time killer uh i think it's decent i think it's decent at both it's not amazing at both but it is decent at both so yeah take that for what it's worth uh rating probably like three stars out of five uh not high but not that low either yeah decent decent i'd say okay so that is it for me and uh i will be back next month goodbye If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.